and welcome to our podcast Skeptic Life. This is Vaishnavi and this is Aditi. We have a very interesting guest with us and we we're really happy to have this guest because he is one of us. He's a student. Uh so the guest for the day is Sharik Aftab. He is an architecture student. He's a part-time writer and runs a blog called My Ink Stains. He has been a volunteer at different rev- levels for the past couple of years and he has been currently he's been running an organization called Hope Bangalore. the organization tries to provide assistance to covid patients and their families so that is where i first met him also and he has also been a part of robin hood army india and tries to help underprivileged kids whenever he has the opportunity he has volunteered with uni to teach uh, underprivileged kids at slums he loves traveling he loves singing as well and he's also a public speaker so we are absolutely thrilled to have you with us today welcome to our podcast Thank you so much. Thank you so much. A little too much of uh, you know uh, things that were told. <laughs> Not used to it, but thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. So the main reason why we wanted to have this podcast is because of the present pandemic and because a lot of uh, a lot of the people are volunteering, but they don't know how to uh, probably go about it. A lot of the people are willing to volunteer as well. so we thought a chat with you might probably help people out there who are willing to volunteer who are just get or getting into volunteering uh but we would like to start off on a lighter note uh i recently came to know that sharik is a big potter head which both aditi and i are and also a friends fan so my first question to you is were ross and rachel on a break that is a controversy bigger than our indian politics please let's not get into that <laughs> Uh, no if you answer wrong right <laughs> if you answer different to what i believe in then we have to have another See, debate according to me being also a person who believes in love and who believes in honesty and respect in a relationship i would say that whether a break or not uh getting into bed with another person at that just seconds uh, just hours after breaking up is not the answer so i would say ross was wrong here but uh, again it's a controversy that is bigger than the politics itself so according to me they were on a break or not on a break but it was not right what ross did so rachel's right that was you know what that's a sensible answer now i kind of change my mind about yeah. what i think so you thought yeah. they were on a break is it <laughs> that bad yeah of course yeah, they were of on course a break. i know <laughs> I would totally evaluate our friendship if you had directly said no. They were it on a break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, now that you're a part of Hope Bangalore NGO, what kind of work do you do there? If you can start with that, and what is it that you hope to achieve during your volunteering work? So, uh, what happened is how Hope started was that. Uh, i was in the midst of um, a crisis at home because uh, my pa- my mom was in the hospital and uh, due to which uh, i was a little uh, worried and uh, i was up i was going up and down to the hospital every day for the for five days that she was there and my grandparents at home were uh, sick my grandmother was sick my aunt was sick so uh they also were in a state where they they had to be admitted and uh, you know beds and everything became a problem there and uh, due to which uh, they had an on and off uh, health uh, 
you know the the health was did uh, on a non enough basis and all these things led to the thing of me saying that okay this is it now the whole thing of corona is actually a big deal and uh, to be very honest before uh, say this year or last year end tuck be i was a person who used to just think that ha corona hoga lekin there's no nothing's happening going to happen to me and stuff like that and uh, but understand until you are going through that you will never realize the seriousness of the situation and that is what um, made me start volunteering and uh, that is when i was added to a group called uh, bangalore covid support and that was the first thing it was bangalore covid volunteers and uh, then when uh, we took it forward as uh, me megha jude pramit all of us we uh, with vaishnavi also there we all wanted to just make something which would help people so we started a group with about 200 plus volunteers we had uh, the first few the first week was very very uh, you know it was something that we we were starting up and everything was a wave of there because plasma uh, oxygen needs and bed needs and support and verification everything worked on one single page on one single group and that was becoming a problem again so we came up with the idea to make different groups and uh, have different people because it, that would help and then we had heads to every group every uh, uh, every whatsapp group like uh, we help with verification of leads on a hourly basis we help with oxygen support as you know that oxygen uh, is some at home home oxygen is something which is very difficult now to find because of all the ongoing uh, you know problems about people not uh, giving back the cylinders and only refills being available and everything so we help with that we help in getting oxygen cylinders oxygen concentrators we help with that we help arrange for beds uh, on the request of patients uh, family and um, we also help with uh, you know consoling a patient uh, and their family helping them with the uh, moral support and you know covid is something which not only affects the patient but also the whole family and uh, the patient and the family is mentally disturbed which is for which mental health is very important and uh, that's why we started this where we started we started calling up the patients attender uh, talking to them calling up the patient if she, they are able to talk make giving them the confidence that nothing's going to happen trying to make them uh, you know positive about things now at times what i've seen is people have started questioning doctors abilities to treat you and that i i, I am very very sad sad when i see that because a doctor is doing everything that he can he's exposing himself to help you and you questioning his ability is not right true because it's a it's a new pandemic it's a new virus and it's not thoroughly studied and they are doing their best and i mean they are definitely know better than all of us so like people are going around on whatsapp circulating random stuff which are in fact harmful to health and they saying you know use ajwain use camphor which is not right you're not supposed to use all of that when you are uh, suffering with covid but uh, you know everyone wants to be a whatsapp university graduate so but yeah it's not right people should definitely have trust in doctors and medicines yes vaishnavi uh, i remember this part because when my mom was in the hospital 
lot of the friends family everybody started sending me these uh, forwarded messages being something which they use when they go uh, you know mountaineering and where the oxygen saturation drips down so they start smelling it all these things are just you know uh, things that people have come up with i if a lot of people hear this podcast i i want to tell them that please for god's sake do not believe everything that is a forward message if you want to be sure at home if you want to be someone who's very safe and who wants to take care of their family properly make sure that you don't get out of the house for no reason keep an oximeter at home and i would also like to point out there's so many of my friends itself okay who and i suggested to buy an oximeter and keep it at home who they they rejected the proposal they said keeping that at home is just going to make the meant uh, a person's uh, uh, you know psychology say that no something's going to go wrong something's going to go wrong but that is not the right thing to do that is not the right behavior you thinking of all these type of things is just going to make uh situations worse and take it from someone who has been through it i have lost a lot of people in my family only because of this attitude and the the worst part in bangalore is even uh vaishnavi knows we've had a discussion about this is that people do not take it seriously unless the saturation hits 75 a patient who can be treated on oxygen bed is required to be treated on a icu bed only because the family doesn't take things seriously i mean a lot of them not just is not just few like we can see a lot of them are doing their uh, part you know they're trying to help in whatever way possible whatever ways possible and yeah it sort of rekindles your uh, belief in humanity in spite of a pandemic everyone's together trying to help each other trying to help st- strangers so it's a nice thing in fact uh, if you don't mind i'd like to share a, a thing that happened to me while i was while i was which made me understand that life is too short and uh, it's not a point about being a stranger who's going to help you or being someone who's a family member because uh, it so happened that a few weeks back uh, i got a case from uh, i got a call at uh, say 8 in the evening and the call was about a, a son who called up for his father and he started crying on the phone saying that uh, his father's saturation is dropped and uh, he doesn't know what to do and he was so 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 worried that he started crying on the phone saying please help me save him so it so happened that his father was at home and his saturation had dropped to 80 then i had to pull a lot of strings and get him a bed uh, get him a, a er bed in uh, hbs for about two one or two hours so that uh, his father's oxygen saturation in, uh, is you know it's something that would uh, increase and stabilize but then in the, the sad part was that in hbs after a while the doctor started saying that he requires immediate icu and for which uh, the er oxygen was not going to help him at all and they said that they have so many other patients who are waiting in line so they were requesting me to try for another hospital or try for a bed in a hospital and to my bad luck uh, that day was the worst day of the whole volunteering of uh, you know uh, job at hope blr because that day we were not able to find one bed let it be oxygen bed or let it be a no, uh, icu bed we were not able to find even one because that was the day that uh, all this bed scam and things started 
and um, what happened was that i had to i had to tell him that please take your father to baptist or st john's because i believed that uh, baptist and st john's help in emergency uh, situations to a great extent so the patient took his father to baptist and the father was there for one and a half days in the emergency room not even on a bed he was on the emergency room bed on oxygen with deteriorating uh, oxygen saturation i would get a call from the son every 10 minutes saying that please help me please help me and i was i i, I was going crazy here because i couldn't a- arrange a bed because it was at the peak time where everything was going going haywire because of all the bed scam and now the, all those things affected when we were working what we were working towards unfortunately uh, i was not able to save the patient so but then you know what touched me was that when he called me up and after consoling him he said sharik bhai i am not from here i am a person who's come from out, outside bangalore none of my relatives are here i have one friend here who is there and i don't know how to how to even go ahead with my father's funeral the bare minimum for a person to be uh, cremated is four people carrying his body so i had to call people make sure that the things were done an hour later i got the call from this person and he said charik bhai one more help there is a patient who was there next to my father in hospital in the hospital he's also passed away now and he doesn't have anyone else apart from his nieces and his sister so i had to set up another uh, this thing for him and uh, make sure that uh, his funeral was done arrange for his funeral so in two days i had to arrange for two complete strangers funerals and that made me realize that yes humanity still exists not because i did something but because the people who i spoke to to arrange somebody's funeral being complete strangers to me and to that family they came up saying that yes we will do their funeral rites we will do the procedure that's required we will bury them and that touched me at least we have honored them you know after their death is that's what at least that is a comfort that True. we can have yeah, yeah. no uh, i actually remember those days because it was not just you everyone i mean uh, like all the volunteers felt so helpless and i remember uh you know it was during the peak and i remember that day i personally lost four patients that i was handling and then i was really disturbed and i had to just curl myself on my uh, on the bed and then i didn't know what to do i was like why are we even doing this we're not able to help people we're not able to find beds we're just calling them up and just uh, we're not able to do anything but uh, i think something that i've been inspired by you is that uh, i think at a point of time aditi you left you have to know this that Sharik was in one of his uh, relatives' funeral. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that person had passed away due to COVID. But even then, I had called him up about for an ICU ventilator requirement, and he was uh, co- calling and coordinating between people. And that really inspired me the way he handled all of this emotionally, uh, because I was personally breaking down with you know one death, two deaths, but he was handling all of this really well. So that is what I wanted to ask you next. So. it's a really tough time for all of us seeing so many deaths every day how do you think people should handle themselves emotionally during the pandemic 
uh, be it volunteers or be it just people in general because you've handled it really well as far as i have seen so what is your advice to people uh now mental health is something which is very very essential during this hard time and uh, what happens is what i've come across is volunteers come up with the god complex where they feel that uh, if they were not able to help a specific uh, patient they start feeling guilty which is not right because uh, the moment they go into that that just means that their mental health is going into a uh, their health, mental health is sinking plus that everything that they start doing is becoming uh, uh, you know questionable because when you are not in the right set of mind you will not be able to help the person in front uh so what i would suggest is that uh, you as a volunteer to volunteers please remember that you can do everything in your power okay and please one once a case is over i i understand because i've been doing this you do feel a guilt when you hear that the patient's passed out but yeah. you should always think that yes i couldn't save this patient but i will try my best even more to another extent to pay, save the next and even one life saved by you is a great thing but do not get burdened under the thing that you did not save the others because as long as you get burdened saying that i could not save that person you will not be able to fulfill your duties to the next patient and to family members there is nothing you can do that you haven't done already your duty your responsibility was to take a patient to the hospital take the patient give them the best cure that you can get them the right medication get them the right medical assistance you have done everything in your power after that please remember covid is something which you a patient can deteriorate in seconds and can get better in seconds it is very unpredictable very unpredictable so as long as the patient is totally fine there's nothing that you can do there's nothing that we can do the doctors are doing their bit and i request you to not take the guilt on yourself saying that your family member is not present because of you because you've done everything you have true i mean absolutely the pandemic has really taught us a lot in terms of how to handle ourselves emotionally especially like there are two extremes initially we all were disturbed Uh, uh, while listening to so many deaths and then eventually some of us started becoming numb to them which is another extreme so if people are in any of these extremes it would be right to talk to someone to probably consult a practicing um a psychologist or a therapist if you're really feeling that um, you know you've been uh, your mental thoughts are different lately or if you're emotionally really different lately because of course these are trying times and it would be right to talk to someone about it rather than just bottling it all up and saying that others have bigger problems than me so yeah thanks for that answer really good answer by the way uh moving on i uh, we just want to move a little off topic since you've worked with underprivileged kids and you since you've taught them we want to uh, discuss a little bit about education in india especially for underprivileged kids so in india we do have the right to education and we do have opportunities available for uh, these children you know children from slums or generally underprivileged children but we know that there are a lot of structural problems preventing these children from having good education 
while we already have um, an established fundamental social democracy, it's clearly not transpiring to reality. So since you've done some groundwork, your perspective will obviously be a little different um, from whatever is given in studies or articles. So what problems did you personally identify during your time of volunteering that um, is not mainstream, like the problems that you th think the children are facing and which is preventing them from getting a, a good rounded education? So, you know, you know, what are the problems from their side that most people are not aware about? So what happens is, uh, uh, you know, when underprivileged children are getting education, everything is becoming a situation to handle that. Okay, and uh, now what happens is when I was working with UNI and when, I was, and when I'm working at RHA, what I see is that these children, even with the, uh, you know, the, they have the thing of going to schools, most of them are just going to schools which are uh, state boards and which are not English medium. Yeah. And their whole uh, curriculum is very uh, objectified towards just learning with just the thing to ha, tumko padaya hai, tumko padna hai, padlo. And that becomes an issue there because nobody is guiding them, nobody is helping them. And uh, see, you and me, being fortunate enough, if we had problems in school, uh, understanding a subject, we would go out for tuitions, for extra classes. But these students are not privileged enough for that. Uh, their whole uh, mindset towards studies and their whole mindset towards uh, education changes because they start giving up, saying that this is not my uh, cup of tea and I cannot uh, go ahead with this. Even with all the, uh, you know, the government coming up with free education for all and all those things, what happens is that the people, the, the underprivileged people or the people below poverty line, they do not have information about this. They're not educated that the government is giving free education to all. They are not educated about the privileges that they are entitled to. Because they are not uh, up to date with what's happening. All this, all the parents of these underprivileged children that uh, I have seen, is they are all laymen. They are all laborers who go work at construction sites, who go work at uh, on the road, collect uh, garbage, which uh, they can sell it to scrap merchants. All these things are what the pa parents do. And it's very obvious that the parents are not aware about all the schemes and all the, uh, uh, you know, things that they are liable to and they are privileged towards from the government. So it is something that we should worry about. Yeah, because you mentioned that also, like, example, took, like, we are all in, in a state of privilege where, you know, we can't take extra lessons, we can ask the teacher again, we can go to tuitions and stuff. But these students are already risking so much and have already done so much to get inside the school. And there is the, the material is hard. How are they supposed to deal with that? Like, it's very easy to just, I mean, the only solution for them is to just give up because the, the material is hard. It's hard for us, even though we are in a state of privilege. And that's the biggest, one of the biggest kind of uh, problems I think these students, these uh, people have. Yeah. So, 
Moving on to another kind of topic that uh, we've seen you uh, talk about or write about now for now. So the most recent blog of yours is about women empowerment and equality and about being judged for our choices. I feel that this is a very relevant topic for people like us. And uh, what I'm talking about is like with the rise of disparity, right? Disparity between rich and poor and everything like that. There has been a rise in regressive sentiment where people say, oh, women uh, uh, being allowed to wear whatever they want or to do whatever they want, that's not actual feminism. But the real empowerment, real feminism is when you allow underprivileged girls to get education or something like that. So apparently that like, Apparently, women doing whatever they want is not feminism, and but this is. But obviously, both are empowering women, and you have seen both sides. So, what do you think about this? Do you feel that it is conservative, and what what is your response to people who say who who say that you know some things are feminist and some things aren't feminist? Now, there are a lot of people who show irony, people who talk about feminism, but when it comes to giving a woman her rights and giving her a woman the freedom to decide what she requires, they hesitate to a lot of uh, places. Now, feminism is not something you can discriminate in. Saying that, ye kar sakti hai, wo nahi. Wo kar sakti hai, ye nahi. That is not the point of feminism then. You are trying to give equal rights to everyone. And just saying that the girl cannot wear these clothes but we should educate them about what menstrual cycle is. This is the wrong mentality that we are inculcating in every person. And uh, with the new generation of youngsters coming in, we should get this straight. Saying that feminism is not something you can discriminate. If they are fortunate enough, let them do what they wish. If they're not fortunate, help them become fortunate. Exactly right. I mean, it's just a terrible excuse for people to not empower women around them by saying, you know, these people don't require empowerment because there's someone who is even less empowered. That's just simply a terrible excuse, I think. So what what I fail to understand is we are developing apps. We are developing uh, technology which will help a girl be safe. Why can't we do something which will help a guy understand that she has to be safe? Why develop an app for a girl to be safe where you can develop an app to make a guy take that course or scratch course or something to understand that the girl is as equal to you are. Uh, yes. Also, it's about inculcating the, you know, as mm. soon as you see, as soon as you see any rape case come up, the first thing that a person would say is, Ladki kya pehni thi? Why can't the question be, Humne ladki ko but it's the core thing of what they ask is like, tell, if you know, if we should say, if they ask that question, what was she wearing? We'll say, yeah, she was a six-year-old girl. You know, people like six-year-old girls, old women are being raped. And these people have the nerve to ask what kind of clothes this girl was wearing. A woman wearing a burqa is also getting raped. A woman wearing a nun's dress is also getting raped. Because it's not the girl who's wearing clothes or it's the way you dress or the way you talk or the way you're very you know uh, extroverted towards someone it's the way a guy thinks and not only a guy i would like to pinpoint here okay it's not only girls who are being raped even guys go through this so why do we discriminate here 
let's bring the knowledge to both men and women and other genders as well in sweden sweden is called the rape capital no stockholm which is the capital of sweden is called the rape capital of europe because there are so many rape cases going on there but the only thing is that they are encouraging women to report the cases more and it's like you know uh, that's what that's what is going on if you don't report then there are no cases but the thing is in india there are way more cases that are happening that are that are being reported you know different countries have different types of uh, you know sentences or punishments to rape india has a thing saying life imprisonment to death sentence but to get this into line how long does it take how long does it take for a person to get uh, a thing of life imprisonment there's so many there's so many cases that are still in line France says that 15 years to life is what the rape law says. China there's a death sentence or castration. Okay, Saudi Arabia they behead within days. Korea is they they fight it with firing squads. They give them they give them death by firing squads. Afghanistan they shoot in the head or they hang him to death. Now all these statistics coming in, all these death sentences that you see. no i i think that we should also take in, into account the false accusations because i mean th- that is a big case like if i don't want a man who is falsely accused to go to to do have death sentence and die even though he didn't commit it and some there are obviously there are people who do report right yes. women who do report have a more uh, they have more sympathy and it's more likely that the that the offender is going to get uh, punished and that that's also something that we should shouldn't we uh, take uh, take into account false accusations but i think this is the main reason why uh, cases are getting delayed in india like uh, the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt is literally given it every stage and every chance which is probably right everywhere else but not in cases of you know terrible rape fast track courts are slow as tortoise and the normal courts are as slow as a person on in a coma you never know when that will happen these are all things that the problem is what i see is that we do not have youngsters with proper skill sets or proper mentality which come up into the into the government or into any government governing uh, body to try and make a change what i think is that you require a youngsters uh, energy and ideas and an old uh, and an elderly's uh, experience and with these two you can run a fabulous body yeah i think uh, it was a great conversation and uh, i hope that this podcast episode would encourage people to volunteer more and to it you know to to think that you can you can just even a small help it's so significant and doing how much ever you can it helps so many people and at least you have it in your conscience that you tried and i think i think i i hope that people are encouraged by by this episode thank you very much for uh, for coming for pr- using some of your time to come thank here and thank you talk to, to both us. of you to giving me this opportunity and uh, thank you for starting such a great initiative kudos to both of you we discussed a wide array of topics and i think all of them were really interesting i hope all our listeners enjoyed this podcast to all the listeners out there Be safe.
be happy and if you have any problem or any mental disturb uh, you know disturbance feel free to talk to anyone who you think will understand there is no point of you keeping it within if you cannot share it out there is no shame in sharing your problems with someone and to others please make sure that you talk to someone understand what they're going through you can be a savior to their mental state they can be alive tomorrow because of you i think that's a great note to end this podcast on so once again thank you for joining us today it was great to talk to you thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast we hope you enjoyed it don't forget to follow our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes